The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, liberals. Communist, Islamist, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. Hope you guys had a great weekend and a great Lord's Day. And, uh, just glad to, to be back uh, because yesterday just seemed to drag on and on and on and on. And uh, I had some things to get done here. And uh, so glad to be back early this morning with you guys. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyMedia.com, SonsofLibertyRadio.com. And you can also check out the live video feed. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio over at SonsofLibertyMedia.com. You can uh, catch me on Twitter at FPPTim. That's going out live video there as well, as well as my Periscope account at Setting Brush Fires. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, you can catch us there as well. And also on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. The Sons of Liberty on DLive.tv. You can also uh, follow us on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. If any point of the show you want to give us a call, please do so. The number is 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Please keep it to the topic. We're not going to do Chinese buffet. Okay, so if you want to put something in, we'd appreciate that very much. And with the trolls are out already this morning. <laughs> We're hoping to bring you guys to our side. We really are. Um, so thank you for your support. Um, those of you who continue on with the official dog bowl that you've been given. Um, and I'm talking about politically, that you think a vote in November is going to change and turn all this around, just like you do every two or four years. Um, but that, but this is going to touch on some things that deal with that, uh, this show. In fact, it's going to be a little different than I normally do shows. And with that said, I'm, I confess I'm a little nervous about that uh, because this is some stuff I looked over for some time. And in the midst of all of the QAnon stuff, and I know there are people who are listening to the show that you follow QAnon, uh, mine is not to attack you. I'm not here to attack you, okay? So let's just get that off the table right now. I'm not here to attack people on that. But I am here to question certain things, okay? I can very clearly understand the desire for justice. I can understand the desire to make America great again. I can understand the desire to drain the swamp. 
I can understand the desire to clean up Washington, D.C., get rid of corruption, get rid of child traffickers, all of this kind of stuff. I understand that, okay? And you guys and me, we get along just fine in that, in that realm. The problem I have is when you have someone who is anonymous or a group of people who are anonymous who are giving you information, and some of that, as we can see, several people who understand the situation can see English is not their native tongue, at least some of them. And that's clear in some of the, the posts that QAnon has done. Now, I'm not here to really talk about QAnon so much, but I am here to deal with a certain aspect of QAnon. And that is the death of Erwin Ramul. Or Ramel, some people pronounce it that way. I'm going to give you the how to pronounce version. You ready? Here it comes. Rommel. Rommel. <laughs> Rommel. <laughs> I just love doing that. Rommel. See, I mess it up even when I go with the hyphenate, how they pronounce, how they pronounce it there. Rommel. Erwin <laughs> Rommel. We're going to get Rommel. That. We're going to get that. I love that. Anyway, at any point, uh, Mr. Rommel has come up as a person of interest in his death among many in the Q movement. And so the, the issue is, is this. When we talk justice, <laughs> I appreciate that, Matthew. And good morning to everybody in the chat room, too. When we talk justice, we're talking about something that's done out in the open. We're talking about something that is confirmed by two or three witnesses, as the Bible says. That's Old and New Testament. And there is a just punishment that follows that, okay? Now, let me give you just a little bit of some information here from some sources that I found online, okay? Um, this is just a little bit about Mr. Rommel, okay? Um, it's written by Mark Oliver, and some people are going to have different views of this. Some people are going to say uh, Rommel joined a conspiracy to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Okay? And some people said, nope, he didn't have any any idea. So this is a guy who said, um, you know, he nobody could have expected such a thing. Let me give you just a little bit of history here, and then we're going to touch on a couple of things, and then I want to bring his death into play and how Q and, Q, the QAnon people are bringing this up front, saying, well, this is happening to people in our society today, and they're actually cheering it on. Okay, all right, so here we go. Here's what uh, Mr. Oliver had to say. Adolf Hitler literally trusted Erwin Rommel, the desert fox, with his life. He never could have expected that in 1944, Rommel would join a conspiracy to assassinate him. And there you see the photo of them. I've used this on the YouTube uh, video, and we'll use it in the archive for the show today on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. He's remembered today as one of the quote-unquote good Nazis who tried to kill Adolf Hitler. The short version of the general's history is that he became so appalled with the barbarity of the Third Reich that he turned against the Fuhrer himself. But the truth is a bit more complicated than that. While Rommel conspired in a plot that nearly succeeded in taking out Hitler, he spent the first six years of World War II as one of Hitler's most loyal and devout followers. In private letters, Rommel even assured 
his family that Hitler was worth trusting, once writing to his wife that, quote, the Fuhrer knows what is right for us. Sounds like people today in America. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not calling anybody by name, but you know what I'm talking about. He called Hitler the, quote-unquote, unifier of the nation. Hmm, sounds like somebody else. And even kept an autographed copy of Mein Kampf, proudly on display in his home. But after those first six years of fighting a failing war, Rommel changed. He had become one of the men Hitler most trusted, and indeed, Hitler never could have expected that in 1944, Rommel would join a conspiracy to assassinate him. Rommel had come to believe that the only possible future for Germany was one where Hitler didn't exist. Now, the piece goes on here, and I'll have this link up again uh, for the archives later, but uh, Mr. Rommel was called the Desert Fox because he was such a a great general, a masterful general, if you will, um, to deal in warfare, especially in Northern Africa. That's where he was. That's where he was at. Even the enemies that he had couldn't help but respect the guy. Okay, for his military prowess, if you will. Um, even Winston Churchill, for instance, said, "Quote: We have a very daring and skillful opponent against us." And may I say, across the havoc of war, a great general. This is of uh, General Rommel. Um, so, so this goes on. And there's lots here. There's lots of history. Um, we're told that Rommel was in the war room when word reached Hitler that the Allies were planning an all-out assault on Normandy's beaches. Rommel wanted to move the full force of the army into position to meet them and create an Atlantic wall, as it were, that would take the Allies head-on as soon as they landed. But Hitler turned him down. For the first few months of planning, Hitler listened to his other generals who wanted to let the Allies land and then launch a counterattack. Rommel left the meetings bitter and worried about Germany's fate. It was then that Alexander von Falkenhausen, I guess I'm pronouncing that correctly, another quote-unquote good Nazi, I don't know what that means, I guess... A good Nazi is somebody who was just in it, didn't know all what was going on, just doing their thing, and then all of a sudden they saw what was going on and they opposed it. Maybe that's what's being meant here. Who had spent the early years of the war protecting China from the Japanese told Rommel about a plot to kill Hitler. The only hope for Germany now, he told Rommel, was to overthrow Hitler and make peace with the Allies. There was no way the Nazi party could win at this point. And if you listened to our show previously, the Nazis did win, even though they lost. They got to come over here and do all their stuff on the other side of the world, North and South America. So a lot of this is, I mean, you know, the victors get to write the history. We've done this with Abraham Lincoln and others as well. With that said, there are some things... For instance, History.com is one of them. And again, I know that there can be propaganda there as well. Okay, But uh, this is something that History.com has put forth. That Rommel probably never knew of the plot to kill Hitler. Now, there's a part of me that doesn't believe that. And I'll, I'll tell you why in just a moment. But here's the thing. Here's what History.com says. As Germany's military situation deteriorated, a group of senior officials attempted to assassinate Hitler with a briefcase bomb, only to be thwarted at the last moment. 
Rommel was friends with some of the conspirators and certainly conversed with them about a post-Hitler future. Nonetheless, the full extent of his involvement in the plot remains unknown. According to his widow, he opposed assassination but wanted Hitler to be arrested and brought to trial. Whether innocent or not, his name came up during the subsequent Nazi dragnet prompting Hitler to arrange for his death. Now, again, this is just some history here. But what's interesting is is that in the QAnon movement, okay, you can go to different um, search engines. For instance, you can just pull up, uh, mine automatically goes to DuckDuckGo. And you can put in QAnon Rommel death, okay? You can put this in. And you'll find all kinds of people who think John McCain experienced a Rommel death. You'll find people that think George H.W. Bush experienced a Rommel death. My goodness, <laughs> you're going to like this one. Some people actually wrote that actress Kelly Preston, you know, the, the lady that was married to John Travolta, who is said to have died of breast cancer, that she that it was a Rommel death that killed her. I, I read a QAnon person who said this. And again, I want to distinguish. <clears throat> there are some people that I've watched through with that put out QAnon information that actually put out some good information. They really do. Um, I think Liz Crokin is a, a good QAnon person as far as understanding certain information. Now she theorizes some stuff, and it's and she tells you this is what I think is going on, and I disagree with a lot of it because I don't see any real justice being brought. And the Rommel death is one that is, how shall I put this? It's wicked in the way it's done. It's corrupt. It's just as corrupt as the people that everybody, the the QAnon people say they want out of office. All right. So let me, let me give you sort of the um, firsthand account of General Rommel's death, okay? We're told over at War History Online, and uh, this is by, boy, I don't even want to try to pronounce the name. I'm just going to show those on the screen. I'm going to tell you, Danica, hang on just a second. We're going to go over that in just a second. I'm just leading up to who the guy is, because if I just say it and start throwing it out there, it kind of doesn't make much sense. But remember, he's a trusted general of Adolf Hitler. Okay. He was respected even by his enemies. And Hitler even loved his book. And he loved his, Hitler's book. So they were very, very close. And uh, those who are watching my video, you'll see all these images of General Rommel uh, here in North Africa. So here's what goes on. Here's what is written here. And this is at War History Online. By the beginning of the war, Rommel was confident in Germany's power. But at the start of 1943, his trust in Germany's ability to win the initiated conflict began to crumble as days went by. And so did his faith in Hitler. Traveling in Germany, Rommel was outraged by the devastation called by Allied air raids and the eroded public morale was not a good sign for him. 
He also found out about the concentration camps, the forced labor, the extermination of the Jews, and other atrocities committed by the regime that he was serving. Gradually, he reached the conclusion that the German victory was a lost cause and that the extension of this war would only do more damage to Germany. The field marshal came in contact with members of a group who planned to overthrow Hitler and negotiate a separate peace with the Allies. Rommel did not agree with the assassination of Hitler, believing that such a gesture would transform the Fuhrer into a martyr. He believed that arresting Hitler and placing him under trial would be the best solution. Okay? Which is what I read to you from the other piece there. On July the 17th, 1944, Rommel was seriously injured when the car he was in was attacked by a British plane. He was immediately carried to the hospital and then sent to Germany for medical treatment and recovery. Three days later, the famous assassination attempt against Hitler took place, July 20's plot. The attempt failed, and during the investigations and reprisals that followed, someone mentioned Rommel's name involving him in this plot. And that there are chances that Rommel was never aware of the plot, the defeatist attitude he adopted was enough to arouse the Fuhrer's anger and suspicion. For Hitler, it was clear that Rommel had, be, had to be removed. But now you, but how do you, can you re, uh, eliminate the most popular and appreciated soldier in the German army without letting the people know that you ordered his death? The solution was simple. Rommel was forced, forced to commit suicide and propaganda announced that the marshal died because of the injuries he suffered on July the 17th. So, here's what they did. They didn't find him guilty. What they did, what Hitler did was said, he must be in league with my enemies, this great general. And we can't have the morale deteriorated anymore by putting this guy on trial and doing all this stuff and then executing him, it'll just destroy the morale of the country. And I think he probably took it as a personal offense to himself as well. So what did they do? They went to his house, and they offered him a way out permanently. He was to kill himself. And then what they were going to do, excuse me, what they were going to do was they were going to take and cover up what they believed was his treason. They were going to give him a state funeral, and they were going to, you know, praise him and puff him up here. Okay, that's what they were going to do. Now, what's interesting is, is there is his son, Manfred. And this piece here from War History Online actually recounts what Manfred said took place the day of his father's death, the last time he saw his father. Um, and I'm going to give that to you. And then I want to apply that to what's going on in the QAnon movement. Okay, so hang on. Again, this is told by his son, Manfred. He was 15 years old in 1944 and was enrolled in an anti-aircraft crew near home. On October 14, Manfred received permission to go home where his father was still recovering being under house arrest. Manfred recounted those last moments spent with his father. I arrived in Herringen Herringen, at 7 a.m. My father was having breakfast. They quickly brought a cup for me, and we ate together. Then we took a walk in the garden. 
At 12 o'clock, two generals will come here to discuss my future, my father said. So today, I will see what is planned for me. The People's Court or a new command post in the east. So you can see, even at this time, his father thinks they're going to do one thing or the other, but doesn't seem that, at least what he's saying here, he has any idea that he's not going to be on the earth in a few hours. Would you accept such a job, I asked him. He took my arm and replied, My dear boy, our enemy in the east is so horrifying that any other matter goes to second place. If the enemy manages to conquer Europe, even temporarily, it would be the end of everything that makes life worth living. Of course I would go. Remember, they were out against communists. Thus, the National Socialists were out against communists. Okay? Again, sound familiar? Actually... In our country, the National Socialists seemed to want to join the Communists. <clears throat> Shortly before 12 o'clock, my father went up to his room on the first floor and changed his civilian clothes, which he usually wore over his riding pants, and put on the Africa tunic, his favorite uniform because of its open collar. Around 12 o'clock, a dark green car with a Berlin registration plate stopped in front of the gate. The only men in the house besides my father were Captain Aldinger, a corporal, war veteran, badly wounded, and I. Two generals, Bergdorf and Maisel, stepped out of the car and entered the house. They were respectful and courteous, and they asked for the permission to speak with my father in private. Me and Aldinger left the room. So they will not arrest him, I told myself with relief, while I was going upstairs to look for a book. A few minutes later, I heard my father coming upstairs, entering my mother's room. Eager to find out what happened, I stood up and followed him. He was staying in the middle of the room with a pale face. Come outside with me, he told me with a tense voice. We went into my room. I just had to tell your mother that in a quarter of an hour, I will be dead. He then calmly continued, It is hard to be killed by your own people. But the house is surrounded and Hitler is accusing me of treason. Taking into consideration the period I served in Africa, they will give me the chance to die by poisoning. The two generals brought the poison with them. It is fatal in three seconds. If I accept this, the usual measures will not be taken against my family, that is, against you. Also, they will leave my staff alone. Do you believe all of this? I interrupted him. Yes, I, I think. It is in the interest not to leave this whole affair to light. By the way, I was instructed to make you promise that you will keep silence. If a single word of this comes to light, they will no longer feel bound to this agreement. I tried again, asking if we could not defend ourselves. He told me, there is no point. It is better for one man to die than all to be killed in an uproar shooting. And anyway, we virtually have no ammunition. We said goodbye to each other, and then he told me to call Aldinger. Meanwhile, Aldinger was talking to the general's escort so that he could not approach my father. At my call, he went upstairs running. He was shocked when he found out what was going on. My father spoke faster now. Once again, he told us how useless it would be to defend ourselves. Everything has been prepared down to the smallest details. Listen, listen very carefully what was going on. They were going to murder this man through his own forcing him into suicide. 
they will give me a state funeral. I ask that it will take place in Ulm. In a quarter of an hour, you, Aldinger, will receive a phone call from Wagnershire Hospital in Ulm, and they will inform that I suffered cerebral seizures on the way to a conference. He checked his watch. I have to go. They only gave me 10 minutes. He said goodbye once again, and they went downstairs together. Remember, this is his 15-year-old son saying this. He helped, I helped my father put on his leather jacket. All of a sudden, he pulled out his wallet. There are 150 marks here. Should I take the money with me? It doesn't matter anymore, Airfield Marshal, Aldiger said. My father put his wallet back in his pocket, and while he was entering the hall, the little Dachshund... How do you pronounce those? This is little weenie dogs, right? <laughs> he received, when it was just a puppy a few months ago, jumped at him with joy. Locked the dog in the office, Manfred, he told me, and he waited in the lobby while me and Aldinger pushed the enthusiastic dog in the office. Then we left the house together. The two generals were standing at the gate. We slowly walked along the alley. Approaching the generals, they lifted their right arm as a greeting. Air fear marshal, said Bergdorf as he was making way for my father to come through the gate. A group of villagers was standing beside the road. The car was ready. The SS driver opened the door. Father put his marshal baton under his left arm and shook hands with me and Aldinger before getting into the car. The two generals quickly took their seats and the doors were slammed. Father did not turn his head when the car left and disappeared after a curve. After he left, me and Aldinger walked back home in silence. Twenty minutes later, the phone rang. Aldinger answered, and my father's death was reported to him. At that point, it was not clear what happened to him after he left us. Later, I found out that the car stopped a few hundred meters away from the, our house in an open space at the edge of the forest. Gestapo people who came in force from Berlin in that morning were watching the scene, and they were instructed to shoot my father and storm the house if he resisted. Maze on the driver got out of the car, leaving my father and Bergdorf inside. When the driver was allowed to return about ten minutes later, he saw my father collapsed with his martial baton falling from his hand. According to, an official, to official statements, Rommel died because of suffered injuries. In order to support the tragic death of the general, Hitler, the guy who forced all this on him, declared a day of mourning to commemorate Rommel, burying him with full military honors. And this uh, article that I'm reading is first published as The Forced Suicide of Field Marshal Rommel, 1944. The, the reason I bring this up, it's very troubling to me when I discovered what had happened here and what was being promoted by QAnon. Now, I, if you guys remember last week, I read to you a short piece of a friend of mine had written, okay, uh, a short piece that he had written. This was a guy who had outed the Patriot Act. He had been against tyranny for years writing on that. And now because... Donald Trump is using it. All of a sudden, it's okay for the president to run roughshod over the Constitution and not be limited by the law. He can deny due process to American citizens, no matter what they're doing or accused of doing. 
He can take them down to Guantanamo Bay, and that's just fine. That that was just fine. And I wouldn't publish it. And I read that to you guys. Now we have, within the Q movement, this expression. And look, I know the Q people have been attacked. So look, I'm not attacking you guys. I'm trying to get you to see what it is they're trying to get you to accept. Okay? You want justice so bad that it seems that many are ready to embrace this kind of death and then this kind of subsequent cover-up. Is this what the Bible teaches us to do? Is this what our founding fathers dealt with? Is this, is this what they wanted? Hmm. I don't think so. This is deceptive on a lot of fronts. It's immoral on another. You know, that command, you shall not murder, applies to self-murder. And while if I look at Mr. Rommel's son, and you can think of a father wanting to care for his son, and it's almost the language that Jesus used there for a minute. It's better for one man to die than for, you know, not Jesus, I'm sorry, Um, the high priest in the New Testament. He says it's better for one man to die when he prophesied than the whole nation. And so Mr. Rommel, in this instance, seemed to actually be thinking of other people rather than himself, even though he was going to be praised after his death and this, that, and the other. He was thinking about his family. But here's the thing. The QAnon people, the ones I've seen writing about Rommel death and applying it to people like John McCain or George H.W. Bush, I don't even believe that was a thing. I mean, these guys had their own problems. Do I believe they deserved a traitor's death? Yep. But that's an execution. And it comes after evidence is presented. And it comes after the two or three witnesses confirm the matter. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? This QAnon stuff is trying to get people to embrace something that God condemns. This is, the, this is the way they begin to seed your thoughts into thinking, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. Now, if you remember, and I should have pulled up the video because I think it would have been very powerful right now, eight years removed. But back in 2012, Ron Paul stood on the stage of the fascists of the Republican Party who were put up, the dog bowls of the Republican Party there, And he told them, he told them about the torture methods. And people responded to him, well, you don't know, these people are cutting people's heads off. Okay, that doesn't mean the person that you have was doing that. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But he told them, be careful because you'll get in that mindset and you wonder how some people went along with what Hitler was doing in Germany. This is how. This is part of it. And it didn't just happen in Germany. I mean, my goodness, there were the Japanese who thought they were a superior race in Japan in World War I. And they worshipped at the feet of, not the Fuhrer, but the Emperor. Both of them were godless. And so we see this, this Rommel death being applied 
And like I said, the latest instance was uh, Kelly Preston, which I, I just, I, I kind of chuckled at it when I saw it. I was just like, really? Because I'm thinking between Preston and her husband, John Travolta, knowing his escapades, I would have thought it would have been the other way around, right? But not so. And nobody has any evidence of this. They're just throwing this out. And nobody condemns it. You say, well, Tim, some of these people deserve it. They've been trafficking children and they've been, okay, have you proven that? Because I still see a lot of people, okay, who are alive and free, attacking our form of government, being traitors to the United States, making policy, writing law, who are involved in these things. And what happens? Well, they're still walking around. They're still walking around out free. By the way, I wanted to share this with you. I don't know if Don is in the chat room or not. Um, He sent me something last night. found it very interesting. I thought maybe that I might take and um, uh, maybe, I don't know, give some uh, some information on it because I think it's actually pretty good and um, but I told him I said you know you need to be careful with how it's presented because part of the problem that I had with it was it was tied to the um, the whole idea behind um, the Maxwell uh, records that were released okay and for some reason I'm having a tough time bringing up the messages here Okay, maybe I can get it here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because apparently the person who shared it had it tied to these these unsealing of these documents from Ghislaine Maxwell. I think it was last Thursday that they unsealed those things. And it was all of these people, okay, who had all this stuff with child pornography, um, pedophilia, child trafficking, and I'm just going to show this to you and kind of bring this in because the whole QAnon thing, the the big thing of, quote-unquote, for them, taking down the cabal is taking down the child traffickers, right? All these people that have abused and used children. uh, This is is one of the things here. So what I want to do is, is let me just show you a few of these. Let me give you a couple of examples. Yeah, I agree, Joy, but a lot of her friends didn't even know she had it, and so everybody finds that suspicious. Look, some people like to keep those health things to themselves and deal with it themselves. And um, they had just lost, what, their son, I don't know, a year or so ago, or maybe it was further. I, I can't keep up with a lot of the pop stuff, but I do see it on occasionally, the pop culture stuff. Um, so some of that was going on, and apparently this was a two-year battle. But people come out and say, oh, she's, she's this is a, a Rommel death. You can find it. Trust me. Kelly Preston, Rommel death. Go look it up. There's some people who write on that. But here's some things, and I want you to notice something. Now, when you first see the, the big list of it, you're going to see Democrat. But as we go down, you're going to see Republicans mixed in here, too. And here's the, here's the issue. These things are not the result of Maxwell's unsealed indictment being or sealed indictment being unsealed 
these things have been going on for some time, okay? And we cover some of these. We've covered several of these on sonslibertymedia.com, I'm sure, okay? So here's a couple of them. Democrat Illinois State Representative Keith Farnham resigned and was charged with possession of child pornography and has been accused of bragging at an online site about sexually molesting a six-year-old girl. What kind of sick puppy does something like this? It's not bad enough that you do it, that you go online as a state representative and you brag about it? What kind of mental malfunction is going on there? This is why these people need to be put in the ground, okay? I'm just telling you. And by the way, that is that is um, a biblical justice given. Not throw them in prison and make everybody else pay for them. Put them in the ground, okay? Democratic spokes, uh, spokesperson for the Arkansas Democratic Party, Harold Moody Jr., was charged with distribution and possession of child pornography. He was recently sentenced. Democrat Radnor Township Board of Commissioners member, Philip R., resigned from his position after being charged with possession of child pornography and abusing children between two and six years old. What is with these people? (sighs) Democrat activist and BLM organizer Charles Wade was arrested and charged with human trafficking and underage prostitution. Democratic Texas attorney and activist Mark Benavides, I believe is how you pronounce his name, was charged with having sex with a minor. Inducing a child under 18 to have sex and compelling prostitution of at least nine legal clients and possession of child pornography. He was found guilty on six counts of sex trafficking. Democratic Virginia delegate Joe Morrissey was indicted on charges connected to his relationship with a 17-year-old girl and was charged with supervisory indecent liberties with a minor. Electronic solicitation of a minor, possession of child pornography, and distribution of child pornography. Democratic Massachusetts Congressman Jerry Studs was censured by the House of Representatives after he admitted to an inappropriate relationship with a 17-year-old. Page. 17-year-old Page, sorry. Democratic former mayor of Stillwater, New York, Rick Nelson, pled guilty to five counts of possession of child pornography of children less than 16 years old. Democrat former mayor of Clayton, New York, Dale Kenyon, was indicted for sexual acts against a teenager. Democratic former mayor of Hubbard, Ohio, Richard Keenan, was given a life sentence in jail for raping a four-year-old girl. Democratic former mayor of Winston, Oregon, Kenneth Barrett, was arrested for setting up a meeting to have sex with a 14-year-old girl who turned out to be a police officer. (laughs) Thank God the police officer was there and not a 14-year-old girl. Democrat, the former mayor of Randolph, Nebraska, Dwayne L. Schutt, was arrested and charged with four counts of felony third-degree sexual assault of a child and one count of intentional child abuse. I want you to pay attention. There are differences here, folks. Okay? Minors, and then there's children. Okay? Prepubescent and pubescent teens. There are There is a distinction there. Democrat former mayor of Dawson, Georgia, Christopher Wright, was indicted on the charges of aggravated child molestation. 
aggravated sodomy, rape, child molestation, and statutory rape of an 11-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl. It goes further. I mean, you can see. I'll put this list up so that you can uh, you can read it. But I want to go down here because I can just hear the people. See, it's the Democrats. We got to get those Democrats. Those Democrats. You guys think it's about that? Okay. Uh, you're welcome, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you for that comment. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love for people to call in if you want to call in and, and talk. It's two one five top talk two one five eight six seven eight two five five. Uh, love to take your call. Love to hear from you guys. But this isn't just a Democrat issue. Why? Because it's part of the human condition. Man's nature is sinful. And some people go this route, which is right down at the bottom. Other people do it with just little lies, just little deception, just little thefts, whatever the case may be. But it's there. It doesn't know party lines. Let me give you an example. Let me give you several examples. Republican Tim Nolan, Kentucky, pled guilty to child sex trafficking, and on February 11, 2018, he was sentenced to serve 20 years in prison. Does that sound like justice to you guys, really? Really? His victims and their families are going to pay to keep him up for 20 years. Does that sound like justice? That's not justice. Sorry, it ain't. Republican State Senator Ralph Shorty was indicted on four counts of human trafficking and child pornography. In November 2017, he pleaded guilty to one count of child sex trafficking in exchange for the dropping of the other charge. Republican anti-abortion activist Howard Scott Heldreth is a convicted child rapist in Florida. Republican County Commissioner David Schwartz pleaded guilty to molesting two girls under the age of 11 and was sentenced to eight years in prison. Republican Judge Mark, my, my goodness, Pazahunik pleaded no contest to fondling a 10-year-old girl and was sentenced to 10 years probation. Republican anti-abortion activist Nicholas Morency pleaded guilty to possessing child pornography on his, on his computer and offering a bounty to anyone who murders an abortion doctor. Republican legislator Edison Misla Autorondo was sentenced to 10 years in prison for raping his daughter between the ages of 9 and 17. Republican Mayor Philip Giordano is serving a 37-year sentence in federal prison for sexually abusing 8- and 10-year-old girls. See, Hugh, you're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, man. It's not just Democrats. These are Republicans I'm reading off to you. It is not just Democrats. It is Republicans, too. This is the point. you got to get out of this mindset of R&D. You got to get out of this mindset of left right. The standards the law, and you know what? The law doesn't know the difference between the parties when it's applied. It doesn't know the difference. And this is why we're where we are at, folks. The people are divided. You can see them when they come in the chat room. The people are divided because they don't adhere to the law. You've got those who adhere to the law and those who adhere to party. 
And I'm going to tell you, party ain't going to get it done. I gave you the message the other day about the militia. You are the solution, folks. You think there's injustice going on? You're the solution to it. Read your constitution. The militia is to enforce the laws of the union. The militia is to repel invasions. They are to put down insurrections. But no, 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 we're fine with just letting whatever, you know, our team's jersey in the White House, in Congress, whatever, handle everything for us. We're just fine with letting them do it. We've obfuscated that. We allowed the police departments to exist for decades. And we haven't done our job in upholding the law and executing the law. Okay? We haven't done it. Now we've got corruption in government. We've got corruption in the police departments. We've got corruption literally everywhere, even among ourselves. Because we can't seem to get off the Republican-Democrat thing. That's, that's all we can look at. <coughs> Excuse me. This is all we can seem to look at. Let me give you a few others. For those of you popping in about Democrats. Okay, yeah, I get it. Democrats are what they are. But there's Republicans here too. Republican campaign consultant Tom Shortridge was sentenced to three years probation for taking nude photographs of a 15-year-old girl. Huh, here's one from my state. Republican Senator Strom Thurmond, a notable racist. I don't know that he was a racist. I don't know that I agree with that. But had sex with a 15-year-old black girl, which produced a child. Republican pastor Mike Hintz whom George W. Bush commended during the 2004 presidential campaign, surrendered to police after admitting to a sexual affair with a female juvenile. Republican legislator Peter Dibble pleaded no contest to having an inappropriate relationship with a 13-year-old girl. I mean, I, and you see, those of you watching by video, <clears throat> I continue to go down. In fact, it's kind of amazing. The list of Republicans here is actually more than the ones from the Democrats, and we pick up some more Democrats down here. Here's one. Republican benefactor of conservative Christian groups, Richard A. Dason Sr., was charged with rape for allegedly paying a 15-year-old girl for sex. Dason, who is 62, who is married with grown children and several grandchildren, has allegedly told police that over the past decade, he paid more than $1 million to have sex with a large number of young women. Of course, you guys are familiar with Anthony Weiner, Democrat New York congressman who pled guilty to transferring obscene material to a minor as part of a plea agreement for sec for sexting and sent or sected yeah, whatever. And sending Twitter DMs, direct messages to underage girls as young as 15 and we know that he was doing it with his little baby in the bed next to him. It's just like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? None of these people have had a Rommel death. None of them. I'm tying all of these things in here because this is part of where the QAnon thing goes. See, the QAnon, I call, I believe it's a PSYOP. We had Victor on. Victor was in the State Department. He picks up on stuff like this. Dr. Je Joseph Farrell has said this too. And it was when I... Had I'll just tell you this. When I had Victor on the show to talk about this, 
about the Q stuff. He pointed out specific things. He said, this is what you would look for. This is what you would have. This is how you can tell whether or not this is a PSYOP or not. And he laid out some of the things. Some of the language that was used showed that they weren't, many of these weren't, didn't have English as a native tongue. In fact, Q, it's kind of funny. Q had one post in which they said, you're going to be surprised when you find out who's talking to you. Now, a lot of people think it's John F. Kennedy Jr. Some people think it's Donald Trump himself. I think it's a group of people. But I have to ask a question. What do you think would happen if the people you're following, using enough truth to deceive you, to keep you sitting back, doing your research, keep voting the same way you're doing, not doing your constitutional duty, and when they pull the mask off, they're communist Chinese. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Okay, I'm just asking the question. Well, that wouldn't be, Tim, because Donald Trump retweeted these things. That... Already told you. Already told you. I know people don't believe it. Controlled opposition. Okay, but this is what I thought from the first. Okay? And I'd be happy to be wrong. Really happy to be wrong. But you've got this going on. And then in the midst of that, you have known traitors like John McCain. Comes down with a brain tumor, right? And for some time, we knew about that. We knew he had a surgery and all these other things. Uh, no, it's not, Gia. It's really not. It's really not your only choice. But, you know, if people actually did their homework, they would find out they have a lot more choices uh, than the R&D. So that's there. But here's the thing. <clears throat> Even John McCain, if, if he experienced a Rommel death, which I don't believe he did, same thing with George H.W. Bush. And that guy was just, he was ready to go anyway. And both of them have gotten their reward, trust me. Because the judge who sees all things, who is a just judge and a holy God, will judge. The Bible tells us it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. All of us are going to stand before a holy God, one who sees without any deception, and you know what's going to happen? Here's what we're going to be like. We'll have nothing to say. We'll have nothing to say. You and me. And I got to tell you, there are things I don't want to have to give an account. Paul says that we're all going to give an account. Some Christians think, well, we're just everything's away. We don't have to give an account. The, Paul says we're going to give an account of those things done in the body, whether good or bad. Okay? And trust me, those guys have met their reward, and they are getting a just punishment even as we speak, or as I speak, as you listen. To pile on something like a Rommel death to the people, to put it out there as though you should embrace it, America, is wicked. It is wrong, it is unjust, and it will never bring justice. If you believe in that kind of justice, quote-unquote, you don't believe in justice. You are just as bad as the people you point your finger at. 
Because true justice is done in the light of day. And it certainly isn't covered up. Now, I'll say this. Some people didn't even know. Well, exactly, Cindy. They're pushing that. And I don't even know that you can find any real evidence of that. I was thinking about taking that on, too. But the fact of the matter is they're pushing this on people to get them to accept it. Get them to accept it as just. People already accept prison systems as just punishment. It's not. It's not. And again, we're in a situation where there is propaganda being put out, and it is propaganda, based on the death of Erwin Rommel. I'll remind you, this was, the Rommel death was thought up by Nazis. It was thought up by Nazis. If you are a QAnon supporter and you buy into the Rommel death and this is what ought to happen and then cover it up so they can keep their um, reputation intact, you're being snowed and you're not getting the justice that you claim that you want. In fact, you're siding with the very people you shouldn't be siding on. And so I just wanted to bring that this morning. Um, I know in some ways we got on the, the issue of Democrat and Republicans and those who were involved in the child sex. I think that's a big part of what Q is, of what they're they're getting at. Because all of us, I know that any decent person hates child trafficking. They hate the abuse of children and of minors and taking advantage of them, especially by those who are supposed to uphold the law, especially by those people. And so they want justice. And in the process of demanding justice and wanting justice, the other side comes in and says, oh, Let's bring this in and see if we can corrupt them on the justice issue too. Guys, there has to be repentance. We got to turn around from what we're thinking and what we're doing in this country. And I pray God will grant that. God is the one who gives repentance. Let's call on him to do that today. You guys, we're going to have a special guest tomorrow all the way from the UK, a doctor, a deal. I hope I'm pronouncing him correctly. He's going to join us first thing in the morning. He's being attacked. He's being ousted for calling COVID-19 A-H-O-A-X. See ya.